God bless you guys, man. Let, listen, last week we left off in Acts chapter 25. Now we're in chapter 26. What an amazing time we're going to have this morning. Paul was a murderer. He was a liar and he was a, he was a thief. He basically was a sinner of all sinners, the chief sinner. And Paul had a unique, beautiful encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And here we're going to see about how Paul, his early life reflects to Agrippa and, and King Agrippa because he's on trial, man. And last week he was on trial. Agrippa and Bernice had come with a great pomp last week. And they entered the auditorium. He's in this auditorium with his, with the commanders and the and the prominent men of this city at at Festus, and 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 basically, you know, Paul was brought in, and Festus said to King Agrippa and all the men who were here present, basically, he said, you know, do you see this man you were about, you you know, to uh, have before you? In the assembly, basically, he was, you know, he's he's telling them, here's your here's your chance to, you know, defend yourself, so to speak. <laughs> king Agrippa was a very brutal king, and here we have King Agrippa, Festus. Everybody's against Paul because Paul is anointed to preach the gospel. And, you know, Paul was, Paul was not being judged because he had did, did something wrong. He had not turned against his own Jewish heritage. He never said, I'm against the heritage of the Jews. He never said anything in that manner. He didn't reject the hope of salvation of Israel. Instead, he basically, he, he, he saw that the, the love of Christ and what Christ did on the cross and the resurrection is what is going to save every human being from their sins and potentially give them salvation. Paul wasn't against that. He was for that. And Paul was not against reckoning uh, he wasn't a wrecking ball to the Jewish state of Israel. Paul was a very good, very good believer who was obedient. And Paul, they had nothing against Paul and nothing to say against Paul. Paul was transferred out of prison, out of prison, out of, as, out of prisons. And as you see, here he is again. He's. They have nothing to say. Last week we talked about and where he said in, in Acts chapter 25, he said, I have nothing certain to write about to my Lord concerning him. This is what the kings and everyone said. Therefore, I have brought him out before you and especially before you, King Agrippa. Oh, you magnificent king. Sure, okay. So that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. Oh, you have something to write now. Well, here's what happens in verse 27. For it seems to me, unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. They had no charges against him. The only charge that they had against him was the fact that he believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. 
Isn't that interesting? Welcome to Growing in His Word, man. God bless you guys. Listen, this week we're going to talk about the early life of Paul and how it relates to him being incarcerated because Paul's going to now step off the pitcher's mound and walk up to the catcher and say, look, here's the deal. This guy tried to steal third base on me. <laughs> I struck him out at first, and now I struck him out on second. He struck out on third. There's nothing, you know, he, there's nothing against me. You see? And this is the problem today. People want to trump up charges against you for no reason because they have a void in their heart and they don't know what to do except for to be still and let the Holy Spirit work in their life and say, hey, I'm going to be obedient in my, my own calling. That's what people need to do. Paul was on fire for the gospel. All he was saying was Jesus Christ came, he died, he rose again. I don't know any God that you don't, that, that could do that except for Christ. And so chapter 26 says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You were permitted to speak for yourself. So now it's his time to speak. Paul's going to give an account of what he knows. As a Jew, born and raised a Jew, he knows the custom. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He knows the laws. He knows the laws of the land. He knows the laws of the, of the Torah. And so does Agrippa. Agrippa thinks he's going to get a grip on things, but Paul's going to say, no, man, you don't know anything like I do, because here we go. You're going to love this chapter. Oh, bless you guys. Thank you guys. Thanks for logging on and growing in his word. This is a radical podcast. We teach verse by verse. We talk about the Bible. This is a podcast that's sponsored by Jesus Christ and led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> then Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself now. So Paul stretched out his hand and he answered for himself. And I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused of by the Jews. Well, now he's finally going to get to talk. After all this time in prison for nothing he didn't do. And now he gets to defend himself. Especially because you're an expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. Okay, listen. Paul's going to now talk to Agrippa. Agrippa knows the law of Judaism. And he's the king over there. He knows he's in charge of Jerusalem. But the problem with Agrippa was he was prideful. And he really thought that, you know, he was everything. Okay, so now remember, God allowed this to happen so that he had a chance to witness to Festus and to King Agrippa and to as many people as he can. The uproar is going on in Jerusalem. There's a mob wanting to attack him. They try to kill him. Here he is again, and he's saying, hear me patiently. Listen, verse four says, my, my manner of life from my youth which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem. All the Jews know that they knew me from the first. If they were willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived at a Pharisee. Paul, he said, I lived a Pharisee. Paul was a Pharisee. He knew how to persecute believers. He knew it. He's like, look, man, I'm one of you. And now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this, 
promise our 12 tribes, earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain for this hope's sake, King Agrippa. I am accused by the Jews, verse 8, why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Here they are, they don't, they don't understand, you know, they think he's crazy, but listen to this, verse 9 says, indeed I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus, of Nazareth. He's saying, look, I really thought as a, as a Pharisee and a, and a member of the Sanhedrin, a Jew of the Jews, that I was supposed to persecute believers. Now here he is being accused of blasphemy at this trial. He made a speech here denouncing the Jewish authorities who were sitting in judgment on him. And basically, they want to stone him. Later on, they're going to stone him. But listen to this, man. They want to stone him, man. They, they always want to stone him or lock him up. But Paul was there when Stephen was stoned. You know, he says in verse 8, Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? He really, Jesus Christ was risen. He died on the cross. He was risen and he died for our sins. On the third day, he was resurrected. Listen, he's talking about Christ. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the touchy subject that nobody wants to talk about because it's the soap in our life that cleanses us when we're dirty. I mean, it's not that hard. We have Today we have itchy ear messages where, pe where pastors preach the itchy ear message. They make them feel good on the sermon. Oh, how lovely. What does 2 Timothy 4.3 mean by itching ears? We see it. Well, it's a figure of speech that basically re it refers to people's desires. It felt, it, it felt needs or wants. It's these desires that impel a person to believe whatever he wants to believe rather than the actual truth itself. So when people have itching ears, they decide for themselves what's right and what's wrong. And they seek out others to support their notations. You see? Itching ears are concerned with what feels good or comfortable, not with the truth. And after all, the truth is often uncomfortable. Paul's warning is that the church would one day contain those who only open their ears to those who would scratch their ear. And that's what's happening right now in the churches. We talk about so many things, but we don't want to talk about the gospel. Verse by verse and what's going on in this life. People want to be supported by smiley faces on TV. Oh, how beautiful. Ooh. I mean, Paul could have told Festus, he could have told Festus, and he could have said to, you know, the King Agrippa, yeah, I was a Pharisee like you guys. Hey, man, uh, hey, you guys want to smoke some, uh, uh, some hash or do something like this and get out of here? No. He could have chickened out. He could have said, hey, um, you got any room for me here? I made a mistake, man. I, I, I bumped my head on a ship when I was coming down here, you know? And no, he stood up for Christ. He said, listen, I, I, I am of Christ. I seen it. It's real. You can basically punish me all you want and you have, but it's real. I was the meanest, maddest, evilest person there was before you even knew me. And this is what Paul was telling them. 
people today are they want itchy ears only when teachers will assure them that all is well teachers will say peace 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 and when there is no peace Jeremiah 6:14 where there is no demand for something the suppliers are not far away. And Paul says that not only will there be great demand for watered-down personalized messages, but there will be a great number of teachers willing to provide such a pap and a steer people away from sound doctrine. And so we have evidence today of people having itching ears, including the popularity messages that people are not, uh, you know, they're not really acquired with. So we... You know, we have these itchy ear messages where we take a subject, divert it to a nation or a thing, and they focus on that one thing to get you scared or they get you, ooh, what's going to happen tomorrow morning? <laughs> you know, man, or, or doesn't it make you feel good today? You put your makeup on and you, oh, you painted the barn and you're beautiful. You're not beautiful. You know you're not beautiful. I'm not even beautiful. Oh, you're so handsome. Your breath smells so good. Wow. Put that tithing money in the box. Here we have the uh, evidence of the itching ears. And it includes popularity of messages that people are not acquired to change. As if repentances were outmoded. And that people are basically good. Oh, that's, oh, people are basically good. You know, that God is too loving to judge anyone. That the cross will, the cross with all its blood is not really necessary. And that God wants his children to be healthy and wealthy. <laughs> and, and Osteen, I'm sorry. And, and the message is rotten. And content is in the world as people turn their back on the truth about sin and condemnation. They disagree. They they, I'm sorry, they uh, disregard their need for repentance and forgiveness and a craving for new and fresher ideas grow. Even though there's nothing, even though there's nothing new under the sun. Listen, Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse nine through 10. See, and, and it's accompanied by a longing to feel good about what they are and where they're going and, and, and messages that tickle the ears can fill a lot of churches, man. And guess what? It sells a lot of books and buys a lot of time on and it buys a lot of time on cable TV. Well, listen, listen to this. Listen to this, believers. Paul counted the cost. He could have flaked out right there and said, I'm not going to make a book deal on this. I'm not going to get on TV on this. I'm not going to sell my soul to the devil for an itchy ear message because James chapter 3 in James, the Bible says, brethren, not let many of you become teachers knowing that the judgment is stricter. How dare you steer believers away from God's word. Listen, verse by verse, if you can't teach it, get off the pulpit and give it to someone that can. Paul was upset. He was mad. He, was, he knew how hard it was and he knew the sufferings and the beatdowns that he was under. He knew what the cost was and he counted it. He didn't cry. God raised the dead and that's what he was saying. He said, indeed, I myself, verse 9. 
Here he said in verse, I'm sorry, in chapter, uh, Acts 25, um, Acts chapter 26, okay? He's talking to Agrippa now and he's saying, he's saying, I know the customs, King Agrippa, and I'm accused by the Jews. Why should it, it be thought incredible by you that God has raised the dead, raises the dead? Indeed, verse 9, he says, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I did, I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when, listen to this, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Wow, he was a murderer. And I punished them often and carry, often, often in every synagogue and compelled them to blasphemy and being exceedingly enlarged, enraged against them, enraged. I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Here he's telling the king, I was the king of the most rottenest persecution of them all. Listen. Okay, it's amazing. Verse 12. But while thus occupied as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, he's going to give his testimony right now. Verse 13 says, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in Hebrew, in Ivrit language, Shaul, Shaul, Lama, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So I said, who are you, Lord? Listen to this. I'm not going to get into the kick against the goat story. I mean, this is, this is the, you know, we can do all kinds of tickle the ear messages. I'm not into that. Listen, we're going to get straight to the gospel. Listen, here's what he says, man. Okay. Paul was called by God. Paul didn't go to Jesus and say, help me, Jesus. I want to be part of you. God has called Paul. Watch this, man. Just like he's called you. God has called you guys too, man. He said, I'm excited, man. And I'm sorry I'm excited because this is, we need to be excited, man. God has mercy, grace, and he's a loving, forgiving God. And he's, he accepts our, 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 when we repent, he accepts us. And we, oh, man, it's amazing what he can do for us. Listen, let me get back on subject. And when he had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Verse 15, so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, here's what he said. Now listen, he's telling this to the king. He says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Verse 16, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister. You see, he made him a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order for you to turn from their darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Wow. From the power of Satan to God and they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Wow. Amazing. Paul 
has a job to do and he's doing it well. And you know what? He's obedient. He's finishing the race. He isn't running away. He's not buckling down. He's not shutting up. He's telling the king what happened to him. He's telling the king. He's, he's doing exactly what Jesus Christ called him to do. This is what we need to do. Paul's saying, look, you can be forgiven of your sins. God wanted me to bring the gospel to the Jews, to the Gentiles. Bring it all the way home for Jesus. He said, you're in darkness. And I want to bring you out of that darkness into light from the power of Satan to God. Because even Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Because the enemy wants to use non-believers and believers when they're not obedient to Christ. Paul is being obedient. Paul is talking about his post-conversion life of how he was a sinner and how he was rotten and how he killed and murdered and did the things that Agrippa and everybody else did. But they, why they, some didn't want to hear him. Paul's saying to repent. It's a complete change. And, 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 and I talked to someone the other day about this. They said, oh, I struggle with my sins and I struggle. Oh, I, I struggle. Oh, uh, life's a struggle. Romans 22, man, uh, Romans chapter 12, 2, it talks about repentance. Listen, it's the complete change in thinking. You must think different. Paul speaks of the renewing of your mind. We do what we think is best. What makes sense to us is we make choices for Christ. Paul was killing Christians because he thought it was the correct course of action. You may be thinking what you're doing right now is the right course of action. And you may try to justify it by either preaching the message of itchy ear for your YouTube hits or you're trying to appease or please or do things for yourself and not follow the gospel of, God, of what God wants. You may be thinking that you're really doing the right thing for God by drinking a 12-pack of beer once a week. But you're not. You're not fooling anybody. It's crazy because I always see people, you know, they, they, they oh, praise the Lord. Then they're drinking at the bar the next day. You see, Galatians 5, 23 says that the fruit... Of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. So, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is very important because we have 12 fruits of the Spirit. It's, it's charity. It's, it's love, joy, peace, patience, you know, kindness, goodness, long-suffering. It, it goes on and on. You know, come on, we need to be in the spirit, man. I see it all day long. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves, ravenous wolves. You'll know them by the fruits. You see, because men, do men gather grapes? This is what it says in the Bible, man. Matthew seven fifteen. 
Do they grab grapes from thorn bushes or figs for them this or thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown in the lake of fire. Therefore, by their, by their fruits, you will know them. Listen, believers, I'm going to leave you at this because Paul's going to talk next week. And, and we're going to finish off in verse 19 next week. We only have 30 minutes. But listen to this. You'll know them by the fruit. Paul was given an account of his not-so-good fruit and how he changed. We need to change, believers. Habitual sin is not being a real believer. Listen, God wants to make you a believer, but God is calling you. you got to stop and say, listen, I want to hear from you, Lord. How do we do that? Well, we, we got to stop what we're doing and say, look, I want to change. I'm tired of living the life that I live. That goes for you false pastors, whoever you are. I don't know who you are. You know who you are when you brush your teeth in the morning. Listen, God wants to change you too. He wants you to, he wants you to say, look, it's not about the money. Get a job. It's about showing love, mercy, and preaching the gospel, sound doctrine, not the itchy ear message. Listen, Paul is standing before this trial by, with the king, and the king, believe it or not, the king in chapter 12 of Acts, chapter 12 of Acts, he declared to be God. Yes. And an angel of death struck him down. You know, Agrippa, King Agrippa, you know, in chapter 12, I talked about that. How he didn't give the glory to God and an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms. He died. Yeah, the book of Josephus, read it. Oh, you got to go to college. Dude, I went to college. <laughs> for all you, you know, people who think college is going to help you. It's not. The Holy Spirit leads. Agrippa was killed because he thought he was glorious. Listen, believers, don't believe the false prophets on, on TV and on the radio who want money all the time. And they itch your ear and they scare you about certain countries and certain things and events. Stand up like Paul. And say, I'm ready to serve you, Lord, no matter what happens in my life. I want to serve you, Father God, till the day I die. Finish the race, Paul said. Listen, Paul said, I finished the race. You know, Paul to Timothy, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Listen, the apostles wrote these words near the end of his life. And these are the three statements that reflect Paul's struggles in preaching the gospel of Christ and the victory over these struggles. Listen, God says, finish the race. You're beautiful. God is merciful. He's graceful. Legalism is dead. The law is dead. Jesus Christ, his grace and mercy endures forever. Listen, if you're struggling, if you're hurting, if you can't put a message together, Pray. Ask God to help you. But finish the race and do it in love. And, 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 and listen, Jesus Christ knows your pain. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you need. He knows how you're going to get it. He knows how you want it. And he's been there. Jesus Christ suffered before us. Listen, don't forget, Jesus Christ was 100% man and 100% God. He knew what was going on? He knew no sin. He never sinned. He was perfect. He was blameless. 
He had no sin. He took our sins on the cross so that you and I could be in paradise. It's a simple procedure. On your knees, I've done it. Repent, be done with it. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. I, I, I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. Take my sins and, 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 and bury them in the bottom of the abyss, Father. And in Jesus' name, amen. That's all you have to do, man. <laughs> Paul is excited. Paul found the gold. He found the diamond. He found Jesus. He found the resurrection of Christ. All he was saying is Jesus Christ was, reject, was rejected. Then he was re, re, resurrected. And he was God. And he is God. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he'll never desert us and he'll never leave us. Nor will he forsake us. Because Jesus is in love with us. <laughs> He loves us, man. Women, he loves you. Marry Jesus spiritually. Marry him. Say, Lord, I want to be married to you and what I do. And, and you put on that smile every morning and praise the Lord and say, look, you know, and your, your, your non-believing husband will one day say, wow, amazing. The fruit. How do we identify the fruit of believers? From non-believers, it's God. He's the secret spot or not us but listen we know that God is in control Father God we thank you for this sermon oh and Lord we thank you for your time on growing in his word Lord we love you Father we we, we honor you Father we you chose us Father you, you knew us before we were in our mother's womb you said it you, your Bible states it and Father we thank you for that so, Lord, we, we know, Father, we were born to be tested in this world as a test. And we know that we're going we're gonna to eventually go and uh, be resurrected with you, Father. And we will live again, Father, in paradise with you, Jesus, for eternity. Wow, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father. We pray for the world. We pray for this country. Lord, we pray for the uh, anybody who doesn't know you right now, Father, that they'd come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys and thank you for growing in his word. And remember, Jesus Christ loves you and so do I.